Welcome to the Christmas edition of the Sweet Sela Moments podcast. We are so glad that right in the middle of decking those halls, you have decided to stop for a while with us. We hope you will feel refreshed and blessed as you listen today. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Christmas podcast season. This is episode 26, Longing for a Child, Elizabeth's Story. Chances are you either know someone who longs for a child or you are that someone. Deep in many a woman's heart is the desire to someday become a mother. There's a unique ache in the heart of a woman who has long waited to hold a child of her own. Today we are going to look at the story of Elizabeth. Like so many women throughout the centuries, Elizabeth longed for a child that did not come until he did in her old age. It's quite the story. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, it's an amazing story, and I'm excited to study it today. Yeah, me too. You know, the Bible is actually peppered with stories about women who had a hard time becoming mothers. Sarah, for example, knew that God had promised her husband Abraham that a great nation would come from their offspring, and yet she waited decades until way past when conception was even possible when Isaac was born. Rachel, Jacob's wife, was barren and watched as her sister, also Jacob's wife, (laughs) had four sons in a row. Hannah, mother to Samuel the prophet, was also one of two wives, and her rival, the other wife, had children and Hannah had none, until she cried out to the Lord and begged once again, promising to dedicate that baby to the Lord. So story after story of heartache. Mm. I am at least glad that the two-wife rivalry thing is less likely today, (laughs) Nicole. Yes. That does not sound fun at all. (laughs) However... The pain of infertility is still very present. Mm. I know many a suffering woman who grieves every month when, once again, she discovers that she is not expecting a baby. Mm. For four years of my marriage, I was that woman. I can remember attending a baby shower once, thinking I could handle it, and having to leave before I absolutely ruined it by sobbing. Mm. I remember dreaming of holding a baby and waking up weeping when I realized it was just a dream. It was miserable. Mm. It was hard. And I think the worst of it is you don't know how long it will last or if it will ever end. Oh, I know. It's it's such a deep and terrible pain, um, either of the wanting of a baby or the loss of one. It's a strange grief, I've found, that comes in waves. I You don't just dream of or lose an infant. You feel like you've lost a whole lifetime with a growing person, too, mm. you know? I find myself saying goodbye to my child at many different stages. Goodbye to a baby, and now goodbye to a preschooler, and someday goodbye to a high schooler, and so on. I think that's why it's a pain that seems to come up over and over again. We envision their whole life with us when we see or feel them for the first time. It can be really tough. Yes. I also know many friends who have tried to adopt or foster and have had their sweet kiddos taken back after sometimes years of loving them. The blessing of children can be wrapped in so much hurt because of how deeply we love them. Yes. It's so hard. (laughs) So today, we're going to look at Elizabeth, Mm. wife of a priest and a godly woman who was faithful all her life despite her barrenness. Mm. You know, it was even harder on Elizabeth in those days because many people believed that barrenness Mm. was a sign of God's disfavor and that it meant you weren't worthy of being a mother. Can you imagine? That's awful. So in addition to the normal heartache, let's just heap on judgment and critical people whispering about you. 
I think the first amazing thing we should note about Elizabeth is that she remained faithful and sweet despite it all. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> so let's have our Sela moment yes. and let's read Luke 1, 5 through 25 and listen to Elizabeth's story. Nicole, you can go first and we'll go back and forth. All right, starting in verse 5. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly order, priestly line of Aaron. <laughs> Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he could not speak to them. <laughs> then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zachariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Aww. <laughs> That's so sweet, the end. I know it. What? I mean, just so another miracle baby, really, yeah. because she was too old to have kids. Wow. wow what a story. Well, let's start by learning what we can about Elizabeth from reading this. Okay. What did you learn about it from this passage? Uh, in the beginning, I thought it was interesting. They said that her husband was from a priestly line, but they also said that Elizabeth was from a priestly line. Yeah. I thought that was interesting they noted that. Usually they don't follow the women's And they followed her. They that did. honoring. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I did. Something special yeah. about her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that... Um, they said very clearly at the beginning that she followed all the regulations of the law. Mm. So what, they, what I feel like Luke was saying was, it wasn't Elizabeth's, quote, fault right. that she didn't have kids in a time where it felt like a disgrace not to. And, and the fact that she still did follow them, that mm. even though, you know, she probably begged God year after year after year for a child, and God kept her womb closed 
But she didn't pout. She didn't say, well, fine, I'm not obeying you anymore. She she did it all right anyways. That's amazing. It is amazing because it takes a special kind of person to trust even when God's answer is a resounding no. Mm, to keep doing what yeah. you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, it says she was righteous in God's eyes. So I think that her heart was in the right place. So she was following the law because her heart, she really did love God and want to serve him, even if she did keep getting a no over yeah, and over yeah. again. And evidently she maintained a trust in him. Yeah. And I admire that. I do too. <laughs> it's a long time to pray and have a no. It is a long time to Not pray. And then at the end, when she has her pregnancy, hmm. she says how kind the Lord is. She doesn't hmm. say, Finally. you couldn't have given this to me when I was young. <laughs> right. You know, right. instead it's just like, whoa, thank you, God. Hmm. There was no residual bitterness in her heart. Yeah. And that's admirable too. Oh yeah. Because it's very easy to get uh, bitter. Oh, for when sure. you're like, why not me? Yeah. When everybody else is, why not me? Mm-hmm. I can remember my mother-in-law who uh, lost two babies full term oh. before she uh, adopted Ray, my yeah. husband, saying that it was hard for her not to be bitter when she'd read about an abandoned baby. Oh, and wow. she'd be like, why? I, I had a baby I wanted mm-hmm. and I couldn't have the baby I wanted. Right. You know, <laughs> and here's this baby that nobody wants. So... Um, it is easy to let uh, bitterness come mm. in when we just don't get it. Yes. And God's plan doesn't feel good mm. at all to us. But Elizabeth handled it well. Yeah, she didn't let that lack of understanding cloud her her heart for God. Yeah. So we don't understand. We do get really frustrated and bitter yeah. so easily. And she stayed sweet. She did oh. to the very end. I love, I love that. her. <laughs> I know. What a woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> You know, I find it so interesting that, you know, many of the special babies in the Bible were born to people that had to wait for them forever, you know, and to older women. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think God waited till it was physically impossible (laughs) for humans to do it. And I think then there's no doubt that there's no question it was from him. If this older woman who's been barren her whole life all of a sudden conceives, like, well, that has to be God. That has to be. impossible. Yes. Yeah. I think he gets all the glory. He does. He does. It's, It's like only I could do this. Right. Yes. And I also wonder if maybe a special value is put on a child that you have waited long for. Oh, yeah. No, if you're young and you have children quite easily, oh, my word, you love them. Oh, yeah. But they're sort of expected. Yes. You know? You take them for granted almost. Yeah. The ease of, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And when, when you're in your 90s, like Sarah <laughs> was, you're like, oh, I need to treasure every moment with this child. Yeah. So there may be a, a special value placed. I know with my mother-in-law, you know, losing two babies full term mm. and just grieving it. And in a family where everybody had five to seven kids... Oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, finally adopting Ray, she she just stared at him all the time. Oh, I bet. She <laughs> adored him. And she said, I know it wasn't polite, but when people would say, what a beautiful baby, I wouldn't say, oh, no, no. I'd say, isn't he? Look at him more. <laughs> he is. He's a magnificent. She just was enthralled in yeah. a very unique way. You know, not that we're not all enthralled, but I just feel like there might be something There is something special. a little. Well, like yeah. Hannah says in the Bible, like, for this child I have prayed, like, there was such a, 
an outpouring of her heart because she had prayed yes. and, and yes. agonized over praying for the, for yes. Samuel. And then she had him. Yeah. And the fact that she was willing to give him up to the oh Lord to live goodness. at the temple when yeah. she probably just wanted to hold him and look at him for days for on days end. days on end. <laughs> exactly. That just shows, I think, the... They fully understand what a what a gift that child right, was. Right, and they're older, and maybe they have different ways of raising as well mm. because they've had life experiences. Hi, more I wisdom to slow down. And right, kind of, maybe yeah. they slow down more because they're old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But for whatever reason, a lot of those special babies came yeah. to women that had to wait. And, and in the end, the barren women are honored mm. because of that waiting. So, That's well, okay. It kind of pierces me that Elizabeth says in verse 25, he has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Mm. I feel so sad that she felt it was a disgrace. It's not. Mm. It just is like mm. cancer or like my Meniere's disease and other stuff that happens to good and bad people alike because the fallen world we live in has evil in it. Mm, it right. just does. And perhaps sometimes through the suffering and through the waiting, God molds a woman's faith and character in gigantic ways. Mm. Perhaps he enlarges her heart to love on other little children through teaching Sunday school or providing foster care or adopting all beautiful ways to nurture a child born from one's, not from one's own womb. Mm. My family is full of beautiful adoption stories, Nicole. After Ray, my in-laws adopted Diane and Scott, you know, three beautiful kids. And my own granddaughter, Emma, is adopted and she is so cute. cute. (laughs) (laughs) And she came after much grief and sorrow so i love adoption stories Mm. adoption is really amazing my family has a bunch of adoption stories too it's really cool i have cousins from all over the world now it's just the best (laughs) Um, i have one particularly amazing cousin sharon who after having two beautiful girls of her own decided a few years later to start adopting they have grown their family by 11 or 12 (laughs) they're always in the process of adopting more so it's hard to keep up Um, And many of these children have um, special needs or they're victims of terrible neglect from countries that treat their orphans deplorably. Um, But I absolutely love to see their updates and pictures. These kiddos literally blossom before your eyes. Um, They often say on their updates, like, look what love can do. And it's truly amazing to witness the transformation in these children's lives from being in a safe home and just being loved so dearly. It's so beautiful to watch. I love it. She's like my superhero. I think she's so cool. (laughs) Definitely a superhero. (laughs) I had a superhero who was a single woman when I was young. Have you ever heard of Pioneer Girls? Yes, yeah. You have. It was sort of the equivalent of Girl Scouts way back in the day. And we had pals and gals. Oh. And so older women in the church would be a pal to a little gal in Pioneer Girls. And my pal was Mary Marjoram. She was in her 50s, and she had never married, and she had wanted to marry. So she was someone that not only did not get the blessing of children, she also did not get the blessing of a marriage. Wow. She loved me so well. She had me over to her little apartment. She lived in Magnolia by the water. She taught me of the Lord. She was another Elizabeth, you know, not bitter, uh, not even, you know, depressed, just loving on a pioneer gal as her own. And then 
in her late 50s, you're not going to believe this, she got married. No way. It was so fun. I'm like, what? How did that happen? She uh, had known this man at Gordon College where she worked for years and, you know, she just known him professionally yeah. and his wife died and he remembered how sweet she was. Oh. So he looked her up, started oh. dating her, <laughs> married her. And then she had kids and grandkids galore. That's amazing. So you just never know. Yeah. You never do. And I think God loves late surprises. Yeah. And I think Mary Marjoram had a a very happy life all her life, both as a single and as a a married person. So that's very good. So anyways, Elizabeth, back to Elizabeth. Here we are. What are we talking about here? Elizabeth is pregnant with an extraordinary child Mm. because John is going to be the forerunner for Christ. His life was going to be wild <laughs> and strange. I mean, eating locusts? I yeah. can't even look Ugh. at a locust. No. <laughs> Yowzers. It's going to be vibrant, and it's going to be short. Mm. I'm kind of glad his mom and dad probably died before John's beheading, because John was only in his late 20s or early 30s. Oh, that's right. You know, I, don't, I, I so hope young. they had died. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I hope they had the joy of raising him, of knowing that he was going to proclaim Messiah. Yes. And then God took them away. Right. <laughs> so they didn't have to see that. So yeah, that would have been how nice. cool, though, that this godly couple were assigned and chosen to raise John and teach him all he needed to know for the mission God assigned him before birth. Mm. Talk about God having a plan for your life. Yeah, no kidding. John's was <laughs> decided at the very beginning. I love that. So do you ever talk to your girls about that? I mean, I think we all have a plan for our life, although maybe not in that spectacular way John was told his. Right, with such vivid detail. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do talk to the girls. Um, I try not to build it up to be all rainbows and sunshine, you know? (laughs) God works all things together for his good, even the hard things, like we see in Elizabeth's life and John's life as he ended up being beheaded. (laughs) Um, But I do tell my girls that if I teach them that he does have a plan for them, um, before he made the earth, he had this plan and that he loves them dearly and knows so much more than we could ever know. I'm praying that the hard things will lose their edge and they will cling to that verse in Romans 8, that all things work together for good and find hope in Christ in the hard times. So, you know, they can be like Elizabeth and not have that bitterness when yeah. it's something they've prayed for yeah. finally comes. I think it makes all the difference in life to know that we were made with purpose. Absolutely. It just does. If everything's just raining, random and hitting you, I can see why people would feel hopeless. Right. But when hard things come and you can trust that even in that hard thing, God has a kernel of goodness that is Mm. going to come from it and that he will use it for something good. There's, there's purpose, there's plan, there's hope in that. There is. So, and if you can instill that in your girls, Nicole, then they'll be able to walk through the hard things, trusting that mm. God's got them, even in that hard place. Yes, I pray that over yeah. them. I really do. And I do that for my grandchildren, too, now, yeah. as they're growing up, that they would know that they have giftings that are unique to them. They have a story that is going to be played out that only they can do. So and I always pray that they'll fulfill that purpose. That's yeah, one of my absolutely. favorite prayers. Oh, I like that. That they one. will fulfill the purpose for which they were made. Yeah, so. that's a good prayer. Yeah, so. <laughs> Okay, we're going to read one more Christmas passage, and this is about Elizabeth and her meeting with Mary. Mm. So let's read again Luke 1, 39 through 45. Nicole, would you read that for us? Sure. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. 
Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So what do we learn from Elizabeth from these verses? We've said it before, but her, there's no bitterness. How beautiful is that? She didn't feel jealous or angry that Mary was stealing her moment because she's oh, pregnant with this miracle baby. And then her young cousin comes up with her miracle baby. And Which she didn't even... still a teenager. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and there was no hesitation. She just... The baby jumped for joy. She jumped for joy. And she exclaimed, wow, you are so blessed. Isn't that neat? I just... Her heart was so pure. And that just... Took me took me back to see that. Yes, yeah. No just trace joy. of bitterness. Yeah. Just joy in both of them. Oh, yeah. What remarkable women. Absolutely. And I want to know so much more about the story. I always do. I know. And the Bible would have to be 10,000 <laughs> times as long as it is to answer <laughs> all my details. questions. <laughs> I'm like, how long did Elizabeth live? And yeah. was John an easy baby? I mean, we don't know that. He was a wild man. Maybe he was a wild toddler. <laughs> yeah, he might have been. And when did they start to tell him about his mission? I mean, in oh. the womb, he's recognizing Jesus. Us. Oh wow! Did they need to tell him about his mission? Did he kind of know it? I don't know. Was there an eagerness in his spirit to go to the wilderness and meet with God? Right. Did he want to get away from people and crowds so that he could have sweet seal of days and days right. and day? I mean, we we struggle to find those two hours. Oh yeah. John's like, no, <laughs> let me just live out there with you, God. <laughs> No kidding. Wow. And when did that passion to call people to repent and turn and give their hearts to God Mm. stir in him that, you know, please look to God, repent from your sins. And did he play with Jesus when they were growing up? Oh, because they were cousins. cousins, Right? Oh my goodness, how fun to think about that. (laughs) I just have this curious mind that's like, I want to know more. Right? (laughs) So, this story, what a story. When we get to heaven, Nicole, let's sit down with Elizabeth and Mary. Oh, There's eternity to do it. I think they'll find time for us. I hope so. (laughs) Like, ladies, we have some questions. We've got so many questions. So, anyways, okay. Oh, neat. Well, it's time for Christmas Sela Moments, where we talk about how you, the listener, and we, as well, can bring this beautiful story into our daily lives. Mm, yes. Nicole, you go first. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit what we can do with our kiddos. So as we get closer to Christmas, and all the Christmas toy catalogs magically appear in the mail, <laughs> my kids always find them before I get to throw them away. Um, I feel like my kiddos start to get a little, Mom, I need this for Christmas. Uh-huh. Crazy, and they kind of, you know, it gets to be too much. So I try to do one thing a year. And it's changed every year, um, but we do it just to get our minds um, off of what we're going to get and kind of on, hey, what can we give? How can we Ooh, bless somebody? Yeah. So um, each year we pick a ministry or an organization. So one year we did um, Samaritan's Purse does the shoe boxes for yes. kids. And mm-hmm. you can pick one and pick the age and you get a shoe box or a little Rubbermaid container the size of a shoe box. And you fill it with the things that they make a list of. So, you know, little toiletry items and toothbrushes nice. and little toys and games. And it's really fun to take the kids to the store and have them pick out things that they may even want to give to somebody, somebody else. else. And there's something a little sobering, um, for my girls anyway, to see that this is all one child is going to get. It fits in his shoebox. That is yeah. their entire Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. So it just helps put in perspective how blessed they are, because I think our kiddos don't always see the blessings they have. True. So it kind of stems that I want, I want for a little bit. <laughs> 
Um, another year we had a little jar we called the giving jar and the girls do chores and they earn allowance and they could put um, as they felt led some money into this giving jar and you know we helped because you know they don't make that much money right, right. <laughs> and then at the end um, about a week before Christmas we would get out um, Samaritan's Purse again has this little giving catalog and you can look through and pick out like a, a goat for a family and the milk oh, supplies nice. food for a year or some rabbits and they eat, they eat the bunnies and it provides for their family or chicken or whatever and they have gifts from you know $20 to $2,000 you can provide water to a village so super cool so we see what we've saved up and then we look through the catalog and we get to pick out something to give to a family in need and oh, it's good. a good visual for the kids again to see like wow this family's getting a goat for Christmas and not as a pet but you know to get the milk from and maybe eat later yeah, and that yeah. supplies their needs so it's just Find an organization, find there's plenty of local charities too that are great. Pick one, pray for that charity, find a way to serve or to give something to them and, you know, get our minds off of what we're always just wanting. (laughs) I love that. I mean, Jesus is the greatest gift. Really, Christmas is about God giving himself. So to give something is an honoring of him at Christmas time. I really, really like that. That's wonderful. Are there any um, organizations that you like locally or that you you do? Well, with our girls, we did Compassion International. Oh, yeah. We adopted um, and paid monthly for um, kids to go to school and have a hot breakfast and lunch. Oh, yeah. And we followed these kids. I still know their names, Angel Frido and Juan Orlana, from like four years old right through graduation and Christmas was a special time where we could send them a special present and write them a Christmas letter their pictures were on our fridge and it was just another reminder that not every kid grows up in a a home with many rooms that have many presents for Christmas and so I I think it's a wonderful way to just remind our kids that uh, we need to give because we've been given so much so well done i like that so the idea is find something to give find something anyway it's a wonderful one that's good (laughs) well now my christmas sila moment for us is it's much simpler than the challenge to spend a big chunk of time with god (laughs) um although i'm hoping you're doing that i hope that sweet sila day reports start coming in so we know how you spent that time this challenge is to have a christmas lights remembering time Yes, I named it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So this is this is what one does for a Christmas lights remembering time. (laughs) First, you get yourself a hot drink of your favorite variety, whatever that would be, (laughs) and either curl up on your couch with all the lights off except candles and Christmas tree lights, Mm. or if you're feeling spry, lay down (laughs) on the floor and look up at those Christmas tree lights through the tree branches. Oh, fun. Up to you. Depends on your temperament. <laughs> then let your mind wander back through the year, and boy, was 2020 a year to mm. wander back over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and remember the hard and the good, and mm-hmm. take time to thank God for both. Mm. Just a remembering time. Kind of summarize the high and low points with God. Yeah. You and he look at it together And then end your prayer remembrance time with a reaffirmation of your trust in God to help you through the year ahead. Oh, I love that idea. Just a remembering. But I think it kind of yeah, it closes out the year for you. I do it every year, and I've I've never named it. I just named it because we're doing (laughs) a a great name now. (laughs) But I do it. I love sitting with all the lights out except the Christmas lights and thinking about the highlights and. 
and just kind of chatting with God about yeah. it and, and noticing that even the hard things have taught me. Because mm. otherwise, you just kind of keep going without kind of um, compartmentalizing and tidying them up and organizing them and, and yeah. seeing the purpose. We well, talked about the purpose. I was just going to say, that's a perfect way to see how all things work together for yes. good. Because yes. we forget. I look back and that's why I keep a prayer journal. I'll write a prayer to God yes. and it'll be something so intense or so, you know, I've longed for it. And then I forget to thank him or I forget to see like what mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to go back and be like, oh yeah, that was awful. But look what came from it. See? Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. you pull out your prayer journal on the Christmas lights remembering time. <laughs> and prayer and journal reflections. <laughs> yeah, but th- th- that's the idea of it anyways. Yeah. And I, th- I think it will yield great fruit. Yeah, really do. especially so. this year. I think I'll definitely, especially I want to do that. Year. I'm excited to try yeah. that. All right then, that'll be fun. All right, well, let us pray. I want to pray especially for the mama or the hopeful to be a mama person mm. that might be listening today and who has struggled because you're listening to two women who do have children and grandchildren. Mm. And so I want to pray for you because we both have felt our own hurts in that regard. So, mm. Heavenly Father, I lift up to you right now the woman who is listening, who is longing for a child, mm. either because she's lost one or because she's never had the the gift of one. And I ask, Lord God, that you would touch her with such sweet love, that you would remind her that she is precious, that you do indeed have a plan and purpose even in this hard thing. Hold her close, Lord. Give her victory over bitterness and fear. Be tender with her tonight. And Father, would you bless her with an answer to her prayers as you see best. May she be your servant looking to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to hear from you. So write us on our podcast page at sweetseela.org slash podcast. This year for Christmas, Sharon and I are asking for the gift of a review of our podcast or perhaps a financial gift if you can. We'd be so grateful. You can give securely at our website, sweetseela.org slash donations. Hope your Christmas planning goes well this week. We'll see you back here next week for our last podcast of season two, episode 27, The Perfect Rescuer, Jesus' Story. Have a wonderful week, friends. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.